Hello and welcome to the Life Tools podcast. In school, we learned history and algebra, foreign languages and chemistry, but nobody taught us tools for life. How do we deal with self-doubt? What are beliefs and how do they influence us? How do we find ourselves when we feel lost? And how do we make a healthy decision? Many people learn these things much later in life, after three, four, even five decades of existence, and often the hard way. For a few, like myself, I had to learn them very early. I created this podcast to share with you the tools that have helped me greatly in my own life. They're small actions anybody can take that bring big results over time. Let's get to it. Hello everyone, I hope you all had a great week. Mine was pretty full. I'm in a period of career transition right now and so there are a lot of things to do, a lot to learn, and a lot to organize. To get into the meat of this episode, I want to start by telling you a story. Some of you may have heard this already. I myself have heard several versions of it over the years from different sources. This version is from mindfulfamilymedicine.com. The title is The Story of the Pot Roast. A young woman was hosting a dinner party for her friends and served a delicious pot roast. One of her friends enjoyed it so much that she asked for the recipe, and the young woman wrote it down for her. Upon looking over the recipe, her friend inquired, Why do you cut both ends off the roast before it is prepared and put in the pan? The young woman replied, I don't know, I cut the ends off because I learned this recipe from my mom and that was the way she had always done it. Her friend's question got the young woman thinking, and so the next day she called her mom to ask her, Mom, when we make the pot roast, why do we cut off and discard the ends before we set it in the pan? Her mom quickly replied, That's how your grandma always did it, and I learned the recipe from her. Now the young woman was really curious, so she called her elderly grandma and asked her the same question. Grandma, I often make the pot roast recipe that I learned from mom and she learned from you, and I was wondering, why do you cut the ends off the roast before you prepare it? The grandmother thought for a while, since it had been years since she had made the roast herself, and then replied, I cut them off because the roast was always bigger than the pan I had back then. I had to cut the ends off to make it fit. I love how this story uses a very simple situation to deliver a very important lesson. If you look at society at large, this attitude of doing things a certain way because it's what's been passed down to us and because it's the norm is rampant. It's absolutely everywhere. Which is sad, because if we continue to do things the same way, we're going to get the same results. Looking at the world today with all its growing problems, Is this the kind of world we want for the future? Now you might think, come on, how did we go from pot roast to world problems? I can change the way I cook something, but I cannot change the world. It is what it is. You would be right in that world problems might take a bit longer to solve than just deciding to stop cutting the ends off your roast before you put it in the oven. But I've always believed that the macrocosm is represented in the microcosm. The way we change what is big is by changing a tiny part of that big piece and letting the effects ripple out. And that tiny piece is our own life, our decisions. In the story of the pot roast, it took one person becoming aware and asking why they were automatically throwing away an otherwise edible piece of the roast to stop this wasteful practice that could have gone on for many more generations. Imagine if we all dared to question the things that don't make sense to us right now. Imagine if we did this with mental health practices and beliefs, medicine, education, 
justice, parenting, racial and gender equality, relationships, and many other things. Going about our life on autopilot, doing things just because it's always the way it's been done or thinking a certain way because it's how we were conditioned to think is not benign. Let me illustrate this with a few examples. When you grow up in an environment where you are indirectly taught to believe that one race is better than another and you don't question it, that's how you become racist without even intending to be racist. When you do your bachelor's, then your master's, then your PhD, because that's what society tells you to do, because that's the kind of person people consider quote-unquote highly educated, and you don't even question whether this path feels right to you, that's how you end up in your 20s or 30s thinking, is this all there is to life? When you fill your entire life with possessions that society tells you are the recipe for happiness, like a shiny car, a giant house, a humongous walk-in closet, and expensive vacations all over the world, without asking yourself along the way if this is the kind of life you truly want for yourself, that's how you end up wondering how come you have everything and you're still not happy. Some people might think, well, I'm pretty good with the way things are. If that's really the case, great, continue doing what works and I'm happy for you. However, for some, I suspect it's not really the case. You're not really satisfied with the way things are. You're just resigned to the fact that that's how things are and there's nothing you can do to change them. Anything that's done repeatedly for long enough begins to feel normal, but normal does not mean it's good for you. To make this more concrete, I'll give some examples of things that are normal but that do not actually make sense in our world today. 1. We spend the first 20 to 25 years of our life in school because society says this is what prepares us for the world. Strangely enough, more than half the stuff we learned we end up never using. And once we enter real life, we discover that school gave us information but did not teach us life skills. And it's life skills that will carry us far. And yet we continue repeating to the new generations that school is the doorway to success. 2. We have school to prepare citizens for the work world, but there is no obligatory course for people wanting to be parents or couples walking into married life together. These are huge transitions that could be very, very painful if we are not prepared. We wouldn't want someone who knows nothing to join a company and simply bumble about. That person could make very expensive mistakes and could even bring the company to its demise. But it's what we do with marriage and parenthood and other important life transitions. We don't question it because it's the way things have always been. 3. In countries claiming to be democratic, the word meaning ruled by the people, a president is elected and once in office, that president gets to do whatever the F they want, which means that the very people who voted for that person could become victims of that person's actions, which further means it has now become a government against the people, not ruled by the people. How is this democratic? 4. We go to hospitals when we're sick so we can get better. But surrounded by white stale walls, pamphlets about all types of illnesses we may have, canteens that sell unhealthy food, lighting that hurts our eyes, it's very difficult to actually feel well. And yet, we continue building similar hospitals. 5. We fly aircrafts into space, which takes a huge amount of human, energy, and financial resources, and we clap our hands in praise of the powers of human intelligence able to do increasingly impossible things. Meanwhile, there are urgent real-life issues waiting to be solved. Climate change, the need for alternative sources of energy, pollution everywhere, 
in the food we are eating, in the water we are drinking, in the air we are breathing, all of which are actually solvable and less complex than sending an object into space. Six, in society, we consider certain topics taboo. We don't talk about money or family problems or relationship problems or mental health issues, among other things, all of which are normal parts of life. Everybody experiences them, but nobody talks about them, which makes the people experiencing them feel alone, which makes the experience even worse. In the end, everybody loses, and yet everybody continues not talking about it. Seven, in many parts of the world, professions exist in a hierarchy. If you are a doctor, you're up there. If you're a farmer, you're at the bottom, poor and uneducated. If you're a carpenter, you're also in the lower ranks. But if we were to imagine a world where we had to understand the elements to grow our own food sustainably, or where we had to learn material density and geometry and physics to build a structure that will not collapse under our weight, then we would understand that all professions are equal. One person doing one thing well is not less intelligent than another person doing another thing well. Everybody deserves respect, and yet we continue thinking that certain professions are more respectable than others. Eight. We preach the importance of regular movement, and yet we force kids to sit all day at school. And we believe teachers who say our child is a problem in the classroom because he can't sit still. I could go on like this for another hour, but you get the picture. My point in giving these examples is to say that we currently live in a very unhealthy society. So if there's something that doesn't feel right to you, it's for good reason. You're not crazy, and you shouldn't keep your thoughts to yourself. We have good reason to question things, just because it's the norm, just because nobody else is openly asking for anything different, doesn't mean it's right. It's easy to say, but this is the way things are. This is what the experts have decided. I just need to get used to it. Even if I said anything, I wouldn't make a difference anyway. It's harder to speak up, to ask why, to dare to do things differently, because in doing so, we risk disapproval. And this is a valid concern, but experience has also taught me that our survival-oriented brain tends to paint a really dire picture of things. It makes us think that if we dare do X, our entire life is over. When the reality is, maybe we'll get a few raised eyebrows, we'll feel bad for a little bit, maybe we'll have a good cry, and then we'll move on, happy and proud to have been brave. And we will feel so much more inner peace because we took an action from personal integrity. And as a bonus, we might actually create real change for ourselves and for others. So this week, pay attention to your own habits and the way you make decisions. Which ones are choices you make consciously, and which ones are on autopilot? Start with a tiny change. For example, if you're used to putting milk in your coffee because that's how you learn to consume it, but you're actually a bit lactose intolerant, try changing it to be right for you. If you're a young woman and you've always worn your hair long because that's what's considered feminine, but you've always fantasized about getting a pixie cut, go get a pixie cut, and then take that same spirit, that same "what I want is okay and valid" attitude, and apply it to bigger and bigger things. That's it for this week. I hope this was helpful for you. As always, share it with people who could benefit from hearing this message. And if you feel called to support the podcast, a five-star review is the best way to do it, and it only takes thirty seconds. Thank you for listening, and have a great week ahead. Bye.